Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studio. You know, Pearl River Resort is the home of Geyser Falls Water Park. I don't know if you guys knew it or not that uh, there was another name for the event that we talked about last week. Remember last Wednesday, June 21st, when we referred to the uh, the summer solstice? It's uh, also known as the opening of the gate directly into Dante's Inferno, apparently. Apparently. Ooh, brother. <laughs> Yesterday was hot. It's going to get worse. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I am very aware. So yesterday it only got up to about 94 degrees in North Mississippi where I was. And the heat index was about, uh, well, let's see, the humidity level was about 60%. And the heat index was 106. And yesterday was the first time in a long time where I remember walking outside and it felt like you walked into a convection oven. It felt like there were waves of dry heat that were just coming at you. And then we got a little bit of rain last night, and then it got that thick, heavy air feel. Welcome to summer in Mississippi, baby. It is here. Which brings me back to the uh, the point that I was making. Geyser Falls Water Park, great place to cool off. It doesn't feel like Dante's Inferno when you're there. Not when you're hanging out in the wave pool. Not when you're floating around in the lazy river like Brian Haydad loves to do. Not when you're going down the slides like I love to do. Nope, you can cool off just fine at Geyser Falls Water Park. You're looking for a way to get away and to cool off without having to go too far. Geyser Falls Water Park, part of Pearl River Resort. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Bur- Borky. Berkey? Borky? Borky? One of those things. <laughs> I mean, this September will be knowing me for nine years this September. Yeah, I know. And uh, I'll still call you random things from time to time. It just happens. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I talked to a friend on the phone earlier today, and I had a sentence that I tried to get out, and I, I, got, I stumbled through about seven different versions of words that I was trying to say. I was like, hang on a second. I'm going to see if I can talk and just start over. And uh, I got there eventually. Uh, if you want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love to hear from you on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Learn more 
cspire.com slash business. How was your weekend? It was fine. It was Glad good. Glad everybody had a blast. Dynamite dropping, money. Yeah, I've, I've actually been uh, embracing the last few college sporting events for the next two months. I've been soaking it in best I could because mm-hmm. the dog days of summer are coming. Now, luckily, we're just, what, four weeks away? Three. Three, three weeks away weeks from SEC Media Days. Yep, three weeks from today we'll be uh, in Nashville at SEC Media Days. See, that's, the kind, that's, that's what I like to hear. So we'll really only have about three weeks to, you know, figure it out during the dog days of summer, but I, I've been embracing the last little bit of college sports. And we got a classic on Saturday. Really good baseball game. Mm-hmm. Better than the LSU Wake Forest game a few days before. Oh, but that was the greatest game in the history of the greatest world. Greatest game of all Corky, time. So, yes. And then yesterday, I- I'm not going to lie, guys. I was kind of cackling in my living room as LSU, as Florida just hit another one. It just hit another one. I'm sitting back and I'm just laughing because. It didn't make yesterday didn't make any sense at all. That result made no sense at all. I, I mean that that was that was a foot Florida put up more points against LSU than their football team will against everybody but Vanderbilt. Florida scored more against LSU in game two of the College World Series than they will their entire SEC schedule. Save Vanderbilt. So you think Vanderbilt or Florida is going to score fewer than 24 points <laughs> in mean, seven of their eight hey, SEC games this year? Hey, you know what's crazy? That's not unlikely. I mean, it, very, it, very likely. It, it would surprise people, but if you're telling me that's not possible, knowing what we know about their quarterback room, then. Yeah, so let's just talk yesterday, about yesterday's game for a second. And it's really easy when a game gets out of hand to go, ah, you just got to flush that one and move on. And LSU better flush it and move on. And it's easy to go, well, they once they realized it was out of hand, they just kind of went to some arms in the bullpen that and, and you know saved everybody for game three. And and that is true. That is absolutely true. They did kind of mail it in once it got to what eight three, certainly once it was twelve to three. But hold that thought just for a second. Do we remember that LSU was playing for a national championship yesterday? Yesterday was a trophy game for LSU. And they got beat 24 to 4. Now, in fairness, they did have the safety net of there is another tomorrow. Florida did not have a safety net yesterday. At one point in the broadcast yesterday, by the way, Mike Monaco and Kyle Peterson and Chris Burke, good combination. Not going to get that tonight. And, and Chris Budden on the field. Uh, not going to get that tonight. We will get the glorious reemergence of Carl Ravitch, who could not be bothered to stay for a national championship game because he had to go to Sunday night baseball out on the West Coast. They, they couldn't put anybody else into that spot and keep the guy that's supposed to be the voice of college baseball for the national championship series. He, he couldn't stay in Omaha and miss one Sunday night baseball game, which tells you what... ESPN thinks about college baseball, mm-hmm. but just oh, just we'll, we'll just set that aside for a second, and we won't be mad about it because what they had was better than what they're going to have. But never mind. 
They got beat by 20. And, and hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth to cut it to 20. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a full three touchdowns going into their final out. Right? There was two outs when they hit that home run. They were down three touchdowns with one out to go in the game. Cut it to 20. Hey, Dad, you may remember off the top of your head, I'm pulling up the schedule. Did Mississippi State have a midweek game this year that they won by 20? They had a 60, uh, they won a game 16 to 3 against Arizona State on opening weekend. I don't, so, I don't, I do not recall that, no. Uh, I'm scrolling through. They beat Arkansas State on a Tuesday night 16 to 2. They had, uh, they beat Grambling 21 to 2. Which is not the okay. same as twenty-four yeah. to four. Nope, not the same. Uh, so bu- 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 just, just was, a quick, just a quick look. It's been since two thousand and eight since LSU has beaten uh, Florida has beaten LSU by more than twenty in football. <laughs> they play each other every year, and you got to go back to two thousand eight. Florida wins fifty-one twenty-one in Gainesville. Wow. Since then, there has not been a game. There's been a bunch of single-digit games. Not that was a Tebow at. team, wasn't it? Yeah, that's Tebow's national championship year. Yeah. I was just looking to see if Ole Miss had a midweek game this year. I, I don't think they did. They beat Alcorn State 13-4 to in a midweek game. Um, nah, no, nah, it didn't, didn't happen for, for Ole Miss or Mississippi State in, in midweek games against SWAC schools. So in the national championship game, it was 24-4. to in front of better than 25,000 people. And LSU led early in this game. They uh, they stranded six runners in the first two innings. Left on base has been an issue for uh, for LSU in the first two games of the championship series, despite the fact that it's 1-1. And, look, all of this may may not matter. LSU may, LSU may get the trophy tonight. They may win it, pick up their seventh national championship, which would leave them second only to Southern Cal, who has 12 all-time national championships. But yesterday was was something. 24 runs on 23 hits for Florida. LSU had four runs on seven hits and committed five errors in the game. We've never seen anything like that. No game in this year's College World Series, not one game prior to yesterday, had the winning team scored more than six runs. Every single game, the winning team had scored six runs at the most. Yesterday, Florida went 4x that number. It's incredible. And again, it may not matter. It may be that LSU is completely capable of flushing that and getting. What about the mindset tonight, though? What's Florida's mindset going into the national championship game with Jack Caglione on the mound? What's LSU's mindset? And who's going to pitch tonight for LSU? If you were Paul Skeens, what would you do? If you were Paul Skeens' agent, what would you want? If you were Paul Skeens' parents, what would you want? Let's talk about that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, just getting started with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio Monday afternoon. Ceasefire text line open to you at 601-879-4395. We will be right back.
Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Monday afternoon on Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. So we got news. Teased it before the break. Let's talk about Paul Skeens, and we still should talk about Paul Skeens, but LSU has announced that Thatcher Hurd will be the starting pitcher tonight for the LSU Tigers in the championship game, the final game of a three-game championship series against Florida. LSU won game one, 4-3 to three in 11 innings. Florida won 24-4 in nine innings. Jane asked me last night, she's like, wait, do they have some kind of a, like a, a 10-run after Mercy something? I was like... Uh, no. No. In fact, LSU did get a run back in the bottom of the ninth inning to come up just 20 short instead of 21 short. No no quitting those Tigers. None whatsoever. So, Thatcher Hurd draws the start tonight for LSU. He's a good pitcher. They're really good pitcher. Ty Floyd, on Saturday... Set a College World Series record with 17 strikeouts. You guys remember when Brady Bramlett pitched for Ole Miss a few years ago and the conversation about him was, you know, he only throws it like 91, 92, might occasionally touch 93, and then he gets a ton of strikeouts because he had the high spin rate fastball and he kept it up in the zone and it was a swing and a miss pitch. Well, that's what Thatcher Hurd did, but he did it with a 94, 95, 96 mile an hour fastball and Florida just couldn't lay off the pitch. They, they could not make an adjustment in that game, and they struck out 17 times. So again, Thatcher Hurd, good pitcher, another transfer for LSU, guy that came to them from UCLA, has had his ups and downs throughout the course of the season, but a fine option to start. But he is not Paul Skeens. What does the announcement that Thatcher Hurd is starting tonight for LSU mean to you? Does that mean that Paul Skeens is not available? Or does that mean that Paul Skeens would pitch in some high-leverage situation if it becomes needed later in the ballgame? Things that Skip Bertman's not calling the shots anymore. That's what that means. Because <laughs> there would be no doubt about my, if who would start this game. I think, yeah, if, if you look at it early, if Florida gets a couple guys on, uh, in the second or third inning, fourth inning, Skeens is coming in. There is no, there's just no way around that. He will pitch in this game, you know, sort of the same way I mentioned. I talked about this earlier in our call, our call this morning. You know, being a Giants fan, the way Madison Bumgarner did in Game Seven of the World Series in '14, uh, the Giants brought him in in the in the fourth, I think, and he pitched the final five innings on, on limited rest. But that's what he had to do to win a championship. I feel like Skeens will put himself in that same situation. What does it mean to you, Borky? Uh, it's interesting. It, does it mean Skeens is not pitching tonight? Because then there, there's a secondary debate here. of If you're expecting to pitch him, why choose not to start him? And what innings are more valuable? What if you, you don't get out of the gate well and Florida puts three, four runs up on the board? Uh, wouldn't you rather get... 60 really good pitches out of the gate from your guy as opposed to saving him for the possibility of saving your game later, which may never come because you didn't get a good enough start. It's 
you know, and either answer is good, I suppose. But if you are, if you are planning on pitching him tonight, what's the rationale for not starting him, even if he's on a pitch count? Don't you want to keep everything for him the exact same that that he's used to, that he's done every game that he's pitched all season long, where he gets his full pregame, where everything is the exact same for him? And you can get out of the gate, if it is 60 pitches, and with how efficient he is, you get into the seventh uh, with him on a pitch count, and then you turn it over to your pen and hope at that point you have a lead, you know? I I just think think that... You're hopeful. You're hopeful you don't have to go to him. You're hopeful that you come out in the first, second inning and you put 10 runs on the board and you just get after Florida and you don't have to worry about it. But that seems unlikely. I agree with what you're saying, but I think you have to sort of put him in the. I mean, he's thrown 100, he's thrown 200 pitches plus in this College World Series. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to do the, you know, break glass in case of emergency thing with him. You know, put him back there. He's ready to go. If you need him, you go get him. But you would really love to just come out and get some runs on the board and maybe not have to worry about it. Or, you know, take a lead into the seventh, eighth inning, and then maybe you bring him in there to shut it down. I don't know. Paul Skeens has thrown 243 pitches in the last eight days, and in the month of June he has thrown 500 pitches. It's a lot. It's a lot of pitches. That is a lot. So... Uh, during the super regional, I guess Paul Skeen, uh, who did he, who did LSU face in the super regional? Kentucky. Kentucky. They faced Kentucky, and I think it was the game after he pitched. He was interviewed on the broadcast, or maybe this was during the regional. I, I don't remember which. And they asked him about his routine. I guess this would have been Tom Hart and. Ben McDonald in that broadcast, and, and Tom asked him about his, his game day routine. It was almost like he didn't really want to go into it, and then he kind of opened up a little bit, and he said he starts out kind of with like a long stretching routine with the help of a, a trainer or maybe there's a massage therapist. I, I, I don't know. And then he gets into some indoor work with the, the weighted balls, the plyo stuff, and then he goes – onto the field a couple of hours before the game, and he starts the throwing process, and it's get loose, and then it's long toss, and then he eventually goes to the bullpen and works through his pregame ritual, and then it's time to take the mound and and pitch. And obviously that has worked very, very well for him throughout the course of the season. I don't know how you do that if you don't know when you are going to use him. I mean, does he go ahead and go through all of the pregame stretching routine and the long toss and stuff before the game starts? And then he can sit. Maybe it's warm enough where you know that preparation doesn't go away. But then you decide, okay, he's coming into the bullpen in the or coming into the game in the fifth inning, and you give him two innings to go get loose in the bullpen. I, I don't know exactly how you manage that. Exactly, exactly how you lose it. Clearly, Jay Johnson has got a plan. Uh, ben McDonald weighed in on Twitter. He said, my thoughts on Paul Skeens pitching in the College World Series tonight. I'm sure there was a discussion between Skeens, his parents, coaches, and representation. My guess, Skeens will pitch tonight in relief in the most high-leverage situation of the game and is good for 35 to 50 pitches. My guess is that that is more than a guess from Ben McDonald. I don't think that Ben McDonald, the most decorated pitcher 
in LSU baseball history who has been a broadcaster at the College World Series and is connected to everybody in that program would just throw that out there. You know, I'm guessing that maybe they just want to use him at some point. It feels like maybe that's an educated guess. But I'm just guessing. This this series reminds me a lot of, of State Series in 2021. You know, State got beaten the first game, came back really strong in game two. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they were facing a guy who was one of the top pitchers in college baseball. I mean, Leiter and Rocker. They faced Kumar Rocker. And they got on him early and just kind of rode it from there. And, and, and it's Caglione's going for Florida tonight, correct? That is correct. So, I mean, he's a good pitcher. So, I'm interested. Yeah, I, State. Not just winning game two that year, but winning it 13 to two and really dominant it gave them a ton of confidence. I wonder if the same thing has happened here. And, and Florida is, you know, we, we were so focused on schemes and LSU and who they're going to pitch. It's a team that scored 24 runs yesterday. Yeah. They're, they're rolling. They're hot. They're ready to play. I, I, I don't and, know if we, we, we're underestimating very good Florida offensively. a little bit. They had no, not been very no. good offensively in the College World Series prior to yesterday. Now, the conditions helped Florida, the wind was gushing out. The flip side of that is LSU played in the exact same conditions and has guys up and down that lineup that can mash. They can get the ball up in the air and hit it out of the ballpark. I saw a lot of, well, they hit a pop fly down the left field line for a grand slam. Well, did you? Why, why no. didn't you hit one up in the air? No, no, you didn't. Um, I mean, a 430 foot pop fly. Just because it was high no, no, in the no, air no, doesn't make it the- a pop. That was the 345-foot home run run down the left field line that was Uh, launched at a 51-degree angle. 51 degrees. (laughs) Yeah. Too high. Too high. Had there been a cloud, it would have brought rain with it, but uh, got over the fence. And um, I heard Todd Walker doing an interview last night on the postgame show uh, on radio for the College World Series, and he said, our set – Darinoka and I were sitting on our set watching that ball. It was straight down the left field line. He said that ball was a pop-up, and it was 10 to 12 feet foul. And then the wind took over, and it blew it back inside the fair foul pole and over the wall. But whatever, it worked. That's using the conditions to your advantage, which LSU was not able to do in that ball game yesterday. So Jack Caglione getting the start for Florida, Thatcher Hurd getting the start tonight for LSU, and the question that everybody wants to know the answer to, we've all got opinions, but nobody really knows, what's LSU going to do with Paul Skeens, the best pitcher in baseball? Sports Talk Mississippi, we're back with you right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Uh, 42 years since my last confession. Well, Father, do you have the rest of the week? Let's get started. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Check it out, baby. Come on, man. Up. Ceasefire text line. Amanda, 
One of our resident LSU fans, longtime listener, says, I cannot believe I missed my Sunday nap to watch that game. And she sends us the gif of Sad Tigger walking away in the snow, dragging his tail, and she says, it was dismal. I have to believe that that's an Eeyore voice, even though it's a uh, a, a Tigger gif. Oh, it'll be all right. Brandon says, Skeens is a step away from the pros. Don't they pitch that much? In terms of no. frequency, yes, but in terms of volume, no. Not not. It's not like yeah. it used to be. Yeah, he's now, already got almost three games worth of pitches in, in eight days. Yeah. Now that's it. You wouldn't pitch three times yeah, that much, this much in eight days. No chance. Unless... You were going into Game 7 of the World Series, and you were the Maybe. alpha dog workhorse of a pitching staff. So when you think about yeah. guys that are... You would go either, Game 1, 4, and 7 is what you're saying. and that's Yes. In, in, in Major League Baseball right now, or Major League Baseball in the last 10 years, how many guys do you have that fall into that category? That, that Bumgarner. Madison Bumgarner, no doubt. He did it. Schil- Ver- which Verlander, count? right? Verlander, yeah. Would Schilling count going on the on the? But I mean, that was was that a rest thing, or he just had the the bloody sock? Yeah, it was I know the that I know that irks you to this day. He he wasn't the the ace yeah. of that staff though. That's true too. That's true. Pedro was the ace on Kers- that staff. Yeah, Kershaw has never done anything like that. Um. Roger Clemens would have. Clemens, Clemens would have. But that's a different. I mean, it's just a different time. Yeah. Um. We know that last year, if it had gone to a game three, Dylan Delucia would have pitched for Ole Miss. Yes. We we, we know that without question. Dylan Delucia was coming back on Monday, and throwing. If needed. Now, different situation. Dylan DeLucia was not headed toward being either the number one or number two or number three pick in the draft, but he was about to be drafted, and he was. Borky brought up a really interesting point when we were talking this morning. And and, and it has to do with NIL. It does. And. I think this applies to a lot of players. And not all of them are like Paul Skeens. Not all of them got paid what he got paid to go to LSU. But Paul Skeens is getting paid to pitch at LSU. And and yes, he has got a different level of income coming here very soon from Major League Baseball. And they're doing the right thing by protecting that at least to some degree. Going out and throwing 120 pitches again today would be reckless. 100 would be reckless. But uh, this idea that him pitching at all today is irresponsible, I find wrong for a couple of reasons. One, because it is the national championship game, and I promise you the kid wants to pitch, and I promise you he is well aware of the risks of pitching today and what it means and all that, and... It's not like even if he got hurt today, the worst-case scenario, somebody would let him fall out of the top ten picks anyway. I mean, come on. He's still getting millions regardless of what happens today. Tommy John doesn't scare anybody. Now, that's the worst-case scenario. 
But he's a professional. He's a professional baseball player right now, already today. We can't, on one hand, say college sports are professionalized now. And on the other, not treat them like professionals. Or or you can't do something today because you're about to be a pro. Well, no, you kind of already are a pro. You are. And and LSU's paying him to pitch. They're, they're paying him to pitch in this game. This is why they're paying him to be available for this game. And I know that he's pitched a lot lately, and I know what he's got coming, but still, if, if these college athletes want to be treated like professionals, then treat them like professionals. This idea that he should not see the field today, I, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. LSU's paying him to be available today. And if he's not hurt, if he's good to go, he pitches. Safely, you're not reckless, but you pitch him today. The postseason starts for Paul Skeens against Tulane on June 2nd. A 7-2 win. He went nine innings, seven hits, two earned runs, one walk, 12 strikeouts. Against Kentucky, he uh, he threw 124 pitches in that game. He's gone 124, 101, 123, 120 in his last four starts against Tulane, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Wake Forest. So it was nine innings, complete game against Tulane, seven and two-thirds against Kentucky, seven and two-thirds against Tennessee, eight against Wake Forest. And he was he was incredible against Wake Forest. Two hits, no runs. So in four starts in the postseason, he has given up a total of four runs, and he has struck out mm, 24 and 18, 34, 42 strikeouts with three walks in four four tournament starts. LSU is not where they are today without Paul Skeens, period. No. So again, looking back at 21, Bednar, and I don't have the box scores for the regionals or the super regionals, but Bednar on the 20th of of June threw 108 pitches against Texas, came back on the 26th and threw 97 pitches again against Texas, and then on the 30th pitched uh, against uh, uh, Vanderbilt and threw 90 pitches in that. Yeah, that's a lot in a short time, and and not again. Not going to be the top two three pick that that Skeens is, but was going to be a first round pick. They, yeah. You knew that. So Will Bednar had five postseason outings that year, but his outing against Notre Dame and Starkville in the Super Regional was short. He only lasted three innings in yeah. that game. He went seven innings against Samford, three against Notre Dame, six against Texas, six and a third against Texas, and then six against Vanderbilt in what turned out yeah. to be the championship game. And he threw. 117, 71, 108, 97, 90. Right, whatever. And, uh, another thing there is LSU doesn't have Landon Sims lurking there waiting to come in and shut the door for anybody. They have good good relievers, but they don't have the the, the guy like that. Although Hurd looked that way the other night. Good news for LSU. Riley Cooper reportedly was on the bus with the team going to the stadium. He was not in the stadium yesterday. Cooper's who who has been what he is not allowed to run in seven and two thirds work at the College World Series over the course of a week and a half. Apparently had a stomach bug yesterday and never left the hotel. 
So you hope for his sake that that's one of those things where it's just, you know, 24-hour stomach bug, get it out of your system, all is well. Had one too many jello shots. Maybe. Maybe maybe he gets to have his flu game tonight. That's how they played yesterday. It's like the, you know, 30,000 jello shots went to the team. Well, going back to where we were earlier, would you would you worry about taking a guy who has only started for you all season long and has been a routine guy and saying, "Hey, you're the best we've got. We need you to do something different tonight." Would that concern you? Mhm. A little. But again, this is the last game of the season and it's win or go home in the ultimate fashion. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Do you think the format should change? Because there's a possibility no. there's a possibility that the best player in college baseball does not pitch in the national championship series. Is is that really is that is that really what's best for college baseball? Is that because, the no. best player in the sport will not even play in the championship could not even play in the championship series. LSU LSU just could have beaten Wake Forest in game two, and none of these would have this wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah, they, they could have. You have the opportunity to avoid all that. I, I just I don't have an issue with it. I, I really don't. I think it's part of the uniqueness of the College World Series. I think it's part of the strategy. I think it goes to overall team construction and depth. I mean, Florida is in the position that they are in because they went three and zero on their side of the bracket. They won their first two games. They won the elimination game, and as a result, they got to sit in the hotel and eat bonbons and get their pitching in order where they had, I mean, if they wanted to eat bonbons, they could have, and, you know, have it set up where they go Sprout, Waldrop, and, and Caglione. And LSU didn't, so they made it more difficult on themselves. And, and remember, LSU, was it three one-run games that they won to get to 3-0? and mm -hmm. I know two of them were one-run games. Um, yesterday was the first time that Florida's offense has looked like the Florida offense that we've seen for most of the season since, what, the regional? But boy, did they explode yesterday. And now they'll play for it all tonight. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We'll be right back. Mississippi. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Ask a question on the C Spire text line. Has the format always been Saturday, Sunday, Monday for the College World Series? I thought it was Monday through Wednesday last year. John, last year it was Saturday, Sunday, Monday, but I think that last year was the first year that they changed the format. They moved the start of the College World Series overall up a day 
they eliminated a an off day. And in eliminating that off day, it took away the possibility of two off days for some teams. And yes, it was a Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. I mean, going back all the way to like 2006, maybe. I don't remember. Yeah, state exactly. one on a on a on a Wednesday. Right. We went back through that last year. Um, and I think some of that had to do with the draft, didn't it? And then they ended up pushing the draft back to yes. July. So, I don't know if there'll be any kind of an adjustment to the uh, to the schedule going forward or not. But we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. All right. So, final thoughts on Paul Skeens. I say final thoughts, unless we come back to it later. Is he pitching tonight at some point? Yes or no? Yes. Hey, Dad says yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Well, score depends. Yes. If it's the inverse of yesterday, then no, they're not going to throw him out there. But yeah, yeah. The the only thing that I think LSU's got to be careful about is not have it slip away faster than they realize. Man. Right. I mean, you 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 don't need one of those innings where. You hit the leadoff guy, and then you give up a double, and you give up a single, and you give up a double, and then you get a three-run jack, and all of a sudden you're down, you know, six runs. And you're like, oh, we can't put Paul Skeens in the game down six. And that's where the Monday morning quarter – I mean, isn't that where Jay Johnson really opens himself up for some questions after the fact? Yep. If Paul Skeens pitches tonight – or if Paul Skeens doesn't pitch tonight, but we find out after the fact that he was available and they were going to use him in a high-leverage situation. If you never get to that high-leverage situation, then Jay Johnson opens himself up for some pretty significant questions. Why would you not take a guy who has started the entire season, keep him in his normal routine, and get whatever you can get out of him, and then ask everybody else to keep it together? That would be a fair question. And, I mean, you, you think about, I mean, if, if Paul Skeens could give you, say he gives you three innings. Say Ben McDonald's right, and he's got 50 pitches. He throws 44 pitches in three innings. you got a scoreless game or a one-run game, or maybe you're up a run or two. And then you can hand it off to Thatcher Hurd, who has both been a reliever and a starter. And you got Riley Cooper available. And you've got Griffin Herring, uh, Griffin Herring available then to me that makes a lot of sense. But there's also a chance, right, that this works perfectly. That they get to the seventh inning, and they've got a one-run lead or a two-run lead, and you hand the ball to Paul Skeen, you say, go get him, kid. Go win this national championship. And maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. But if that's how it plays out, then then you played your cards perfectly. You got lucky, but you played your cards perfectly. So I'm David excited. Says, David says, and this is why sports talk exists. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I mean, that's why we're here. And 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 it's also it's it's what they're talking about on Matt Moscona's show this afternoon. But any show that cares some about college baseball, they're, they're having this debate. How would you do it? Why would you do it? Why is Jay Johnson doing it this way? 
And guys, we also have to open ourselves up to the possibility that Paul Skeens might not be available tonight. It's chance. possible that some combination of Paul Skeens and his parents and his agents and the LSU coaching staff said, you've given us enough. We're not putting your future in jeopardy. Are you really putting his future in jeopardy if you pitch him tonight? I, I don't know. I was having a conversation with uh, a young man yesterday at church who used to play baseball, and now he just plays football. He's rising senior in high school, and he need, he's got a UCL injury. I was like, have you already had surgery? He's like, nah. He's like, baseball is the only thing that can hurt it worse. I've given it up. And he and I were just talking about the fact that he's like, I mean, I've got buddies on the baseball team. They're going to end up having a UCL injury and Tommy John surgery. And it's like, it's okay. I mean, the rehab sucks. But aside from that, if you played travel ball starting when you were six years old and you're into high school baseball or you're into college baseball, it's almost it, like it's not are you going to have Tommy John surgery? It's when are you going to have it? So have it, no big deal, rehab it, go on about your life. Kind of feels like that's the stage we're in. And then you have some of those fortunate people who are genetically slightly different that are able to just pitch and pitch and pitch, and they never have an arm issue. But it feels like those people are fewer and farther between than they've ever been. 4 o'clock hour, winners and losers, next. I listen to it at work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Monday afternoon, the 26th of June, alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. We are coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You want to get in on some action on college sports? Tonight is your last chance to do so for uh, about two months, right? This is the final collegiate sporting event of the 2022 23 academic year. The college sports calendar comes to an end tonight, and then we'll ramp things up about the uh, old third or fourth week of August as uh, you get soccer going, you get volleyball going, then you get college football going as well, and we're off and rolling for uh, another trip around the sun. It's crazy how we kind of, if you live in a college town or if you work in sports talk radio, the year is not January 1st to December 31st. The year is like September 1st. It's like Labor Day weekend through the end of August. Or there's really kind of like a, it's like a 10 month calendar. And then you just kind of take a break for a couple months and then you, you get rolling again. But, uh, we, we certainly feels like we operate on an academic calendar instead of a, what's the jury? Lunar calendar? Would that be the, I don't know. Whatever. You the what Gregorian calendar? Yes, the Gregorian know. calendar. We're on uh, the sports perhaps. calendar. Yep, that's uh, that is true. Uh, you can join us on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Hit us up with your winners and losers. What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? Let's do that right now. Some winners and losers. All I, all I, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. 
got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. Let's do it. What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? We classify them as winners and losers. I'll give you one to start things off. Go to Major League Baseball. If you are an Atlanta Braves fan, it, you know, you don't necessarily put this in the winners category, but if you are a fan of the Cincinnati Reds, who on Friday night against Atlanta stretched their winning streak to 12 games, you are fired up about the rookie Ellie De La Cruz. As he hit for the cycle on Friday night in an 11 to 10 win over Atlanta, first Cincinnati player in 34 years to hit for the cycle, completed it by the sixth inning with a triple that gave him four RBIs in the game. The cycle was the seventh in team history, fifth since 1900, and the first since Eric Davis accomplished the feat. Remember that name against San Diego back in 1989. De La Cruz said, "I really can't put it into words right now. I'm happy and excited." It's fortunate Eric Davis is one of the legends of this game, and in Cincinnati, too. Sure enough, he let me wear that jersey, number 44, to be the first one to, since him to do that is incredible. And how about the fact that they did it in front of 43,000 at Great American Ballpark chanting, Ellie, Ellie, Ellie. Two months ago, by the way, two months ago, there was a record low for attendance at the stadium on April 17th of 7,000 375. Cincinnati is a baseball town. They just had not had anything to cheer about in a long time. Ellie De La Cruz is a winner. Borky, give me a winner. Coach Prime. Uh, not for any football reasons, but uh, he had, as, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, I think, uh, some blood clot issues in his leg. Scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, had that surgery. Got out of that surgery. Apparently is recovering nicely, and, and he's set to uh, get back to the sideline soon and lead Colorado into one of the more intriguing starts of a coach's tenure in my lifetime. And so, recovering well. So far, they don't think he's going to have to lose any more toes or his foot. And I mean, blood clots are scary stuff, man. They really are. And so, got it taken care of, recovering nicely, back on track to be available for when they play TCU in the season opener. I mean, three weeks ago when this news came out, they're talking about amputation. Yeah. He's already had a couple of toes amputated. Had this issue a couple of years ago in Jackson. And uh, now, hopefully, hopefully this is the end of this problem. And uh, he'll be good to go on the sideline. It's crazy, right? How And intriguing, I think, is the right word. Because unless you're just... Uh, just buying into hype, which is what we do in the offseason, but I, I don't think the team's going to be particularly great. But Colorado going into this season is the most intriguing team possibly in the country just because of who's leading it and then how the roster was constructed. And, and people give Lane Kiffin crap for the transfer portal. He's got nothing on Coach Prime in terms of roster turnover. It's a whole new deal paired with the gravitas of Deion Sanders. So, Mm -hmm. looking forward to it, honestly. I'll watch. I will watch their season opener against TCU. And I I can't tell you the last Colorado game I've watched from start to finish. Been a long time. 
I used to love some Pac-12 after dark when it came to you from Folsom Field. Hey, Dad, do you remember that game from, I'm going to say, circa 1994? Snow falling at Folsom Field, Arizona at Colorado, and Arizona's quarterback did like a forward somersault into the end zone? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that a Jenkins. Yes! Yes! We are old and we are more alike than we care to admit sometimes. That's true. true Give me a winner, hey, Dad. Zach Arnett, the guy literally cannot stop getting commitments. He got one on Saturday. He got one, I mean, I don't have a watch on, but about 15 minutes ago uh, from Tyler Carter, three-star defensive end uh, from my hometown of Vicksburg, Mississippi. Uh, four four-star commitments last week. That's, that's kind of unheard of for Mississippi State. They never really recruit. Uh, it's never happened to my knowledge. Not even on a signing day has State been able to recruit like that. Arnett has a lot of positive momentum going, a lot of, uh, of juice going right now. Uh, J.J. Harrell, one of his commitments, was on Twitter earlier this week saying the State should expect another commitment this Saturday. So who will it be? I don't know. But uh, State is, is rolling on the recruiting show right now, and Zach Arnett's, uh and his staff are doing a great job. Forky, have you got a uh, TV number from Saturday night for LSU Florida? Has not come out yet, I don't think, because I haven't we- seen it. If we go back to Thursday night, opposite, think about this, opposite the NBA draft, and I saw somebody smart say, you pay a tax for being on ESPN2 as opposed to ESPN. Fact. Absolutely. There are fewer bars that put sports bars across America that put ESPN2 on television than put ESPN. Fewer oil change quick lube shops. Fewer beauty salons, fewer hardware stores. There are a lot of places. ESPN just get whatever's on. ESPN's fine. And casual people at home just do that too. My dad does that. He'll just pop. He'll get home and put ESPN on and just see what's on. And if it's yeah. not that, he'll yeah. flip over to his news and then I'll have to hear him rant about the news later. But yeah, I mean, even regular people do the same thing. Thursday night on ESPN two against the NBA draft. 2.09 million viewers, which, by the way, was higher than Sunday night baseball from a couple of weeks ago between Yankees and Red Sox. It was higher than Game 2 of the Softball College World Series. And again, this is on ESPN2. And that was LSU-Wake Forest on a Thursday night. Thursday night's not the night that you necessarily no. plug a spot on, t- plug a big game on TV, hoping you'll get a massive audience. And so new numbers from the draft came out, by the way. One of the most watched drafts in recent history. So not only was it, and for those of you listening, like, why would anybody ever watch the draft over baseball? That's you. But, like, the casual sports fan gravitates towards the NBA as opposed to college baseball and yet. So you had a massive draft number, the most intriguing prospect, I keep using that word, since LeBron, and... College baseball still did that. Yeah. That's massive. Yeah. There's no other way around it. So, college baseball is a winner for me. We said it a bunch over the last couple of weeks. We've said it a bunch over the last couple of years. College baseball is growing. College baseball is growing. And college baseball is growing in spite of of the fact that it is not getting the promotion that it deserves. 
You can debate why that is all you want. I probably should be careful about that. But college baseball is not getting the promotion it deserves, and yet it is growing. Attendance numbers up all across the country at regionals and at super regionals. They have set an attendance record at this year's College World Series. The TV numbers are stupid good, and they're going to be really, really good tonight as well. Because while you don't stick a game at 6 o'clock on a Thursday night on ESPN2 expecting to get a big number, when you have a championship game on a Monday night, you expect to get a big number. And when it's a Game 3 winner-take-all, it's going to be a real big number tonight. So college baseball, a winner. It is growing, and we are thankful for it. We'll be right back. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Well, there's some winners and losers from the weekend. You can send us yours on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4300. Nine five. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business. Learn more online at cspire.com slash business. We got any losers to talk about? This is a true story. An Indianapolis man. An Indianapolis man uh, was lurking in a neighborhood late at night, armed, in an attempt to rob somebody, found his victim. A poor woman that was checking her mail after a long day of work. A man named Damien ran up to her, pistol out, held it up against her head, God bless her, and demanded that she let him inside. She said no. He said, okay, give me whatever you have on you right now. And she gave him about 100 bucks. And during that time, during that exchange, he realized, wait, she's hot. And while he was still holding her at gunpoint, he demanded she add him on Facebook. Of course, fearing for her life, she did. A few hours later, he gets home and starts messaging her on Facebook, asking her for dates, telling her that he's sorry and that she is way too good looking to be robbed, and he promised to give her the money back. She played (laughs) along, and guess what happened when he went to go meet up with her? Hmm. <laughs> he got there arrested. A, what what yeah. could it be? <laughs> yeah, That's so he, he got arrested. He also had committed another robbery recently, so it's the, the old two-for-one. But yeah, uh, Damian Boyce, God bless him, too stupid for his own good. Yeah. Hmm. I got one. I got a loser. And I may be grumpy old man for this, but uh, Jello shots. It has... Totally jumped the shark for me. It, it is over. You know, and I'm not trying to be like, well, when State did, but 
When State did it, it was just people buying shots and shooting them down. It has become this other thing now, where somebody's just showing up and buying 9,000 shots. There's not people doing 9,000 shots. If they're all, we're about to have the greatest increase in type 1 diabetes in the history of the world down in South Louisiana. Everybody is going to be on insulin. It's going to be a na- nationwide shortage of it. It's just ridiculous. It's Nobody's doing the shots. They're just buying them and tossing them. It's just jump the shark. I mean, they're making them anymore. Of them. They're not, just they're not even exchange. Make. And if you want to give me the well, they're giving the money to charity. Just give the money to charity instead of spending eight, however much nine thousand dollars or nine thousand shots cost. Just give that whole check to charity instead of doing a Jello shot thing. Why don't we do a, a charity drive or something? Instead of giving everybody a bunch of cheap Jello shots, I've, I'm done. I'm done with the Jello shots, losers. Hmm. Do you want a Jello shot update? No, no. But go ahead. All right. What what was what was State's number? It's like three thousand, roughly, right? Yeah, yeah it was like twenty nine hundred. A totally reasonable. You could see that many shots getting drank. Number. Okay. So, Ole Miss last year goes six times Mississippi State's number. Roughly. Right. With 18,777. This, no, no, but hold, hold on. It's not an Ole Miss State thing. I'm just, just, we're laying this out there. Right. LSU just went three times 18,000. Yeah. 57,387 is the number. It's just silly. And you know what they did? They ruined it for everybody. Next year it will not be as fun. How dare yeah, they? It's, 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 it's over. It's over now. It's over. So. Yeah. Not a fan. Oh, we got to drop this in there. Yesterday a friend texted me this, and I'm not going to give him credit because he wants credit, and I'm not going to give it to him, and it'll bother him even more. But he said he texted me he yesterday during the eighth inning and said uh, that Florida was beating LSU like they stole something from a children's hospital. No. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if LSU wins tonight, that that will be seriously. And I hate to say it because it just makes me makes my blood boil. But uh, starting with the football championship just a few years ago, what a run for LSU athletics that would be! Football national championship, baseball national championship, women's basketball national championship. <sighs> And they skirted NCAA penalties. I mean, boom, boom, boom. What a disappointing run that would be. Am I reading that a trial lawyer from Baton Rouge bought 8,888 rally shots? Yes. Yes. Okay. That That is correct. That's what I'm talking about. This is silly. Good job, Gordo. Good job. Okay. Um, one more loser. <laughs> what can you say? Yeah, go ahead. A, a recent swim at the house of this South Florida resident could have been disastrous. While wandering into the backyard, a Plantation Key resident found a 10-foot crocodile in his swimming pool. 
The discovery in the middle of the night prompted the resident to call Todd Hardwick at Pesky Critters Wildlife Control, a service with more than 40 years of experience to remove the massive reptile. Hardwick and his assistant headed to the house at 2 a.m., beginning a mini crocodile battle. Crocodile put up such a fight that he splashed all over the the the, the deck around the pool that it made it an incredibly <laughs> slippery surface and even more dangerous than otherwise. Ultimately, they got the crocodile under control. Can you imagine... If you walked out into your backyard at about midnight and there were some lights in the pool and you're like, hey, wait, wait, what, what is it? That's a crocodile. A 10-foot crocodile in your swimming pool. And, and not an alligator either. A crocodile. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a Even worse. thing, so it's possible. But, yeah, they're meaner, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, but crocodiles are meaner. Yeah. The, yep. rounded, the rounded nose? Yeah. Uh, the, the alligators no, the rounded, have the round nose. The alligator has the rounded nose. They have the long nose, is the crocodile. Yeah. Also, the you can tell them The apart. crocodile has like a ball on the end of its snout. It, it's, it's pointed but it's, and narrow. It's, it's, yeah. it's pointed, though. The crocodile yeah. will see you in a while, whereas the alligator will see you later. That's how later. you tell the difference. It's good to, good to, yeah. good to know the difference. Yeah. Um, man, I just... Ooh. Ooh. I mean, we've all run up on a snake before, you know, and that'll 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 get the the blood flowing. But a crocodile is a different story. And you know they can swim. Oh yeah, that that's what <laughs> they're better sure at. Can. Hey, the, yeah. the dude, he he got in the pool. He can also get out. Yeah, and he's fast. <laughs> Do, hey, by the way, just one last thing. The whole if you're being chased by an alligator, I guess it would apply to a crocodile as well. Do you believe in the run zigzag theory? You know, do I don't you know if I believe in it or not. But I think I would try it at that point. I gotta do something, right? Just just don't think that short zigzags are gonna get you. It's gotta be like no, no, we gotta go. yeah. elongated zigzag runs because that guy's got to change directions and you better be careful to make sure that he changes directions before you start going the other way. Because if you turn too yeah. early and he's in the process of changing, it doesn't. Now all of a sudden he's got a straight line to you, and you got a problem. I, I, I mean, I do think it would be worth trying the zigzag because we do know for a fact that short line, straight distances, those dudes can get after it. I, I just would hope that I've got. Is it pesky critters? Is that what I said? I hope they're close when I need them. I don't think we've got one of those in North Mississippi. Um, Georgia we got something. What? We got something. There's some. There's something that deals with that. Yeah. Georgian West Point says, "What if you walked out your front door one night and a four and a half foot chicken snake fell down on your head and neck?" I'd probably yell out a really loud girlish scream. I'd be okay, but you know, I'd scream. Yeah. Would- I would yelp. I'm wondering if it might give me a heart attack. It's a quite. It's a good question. It's a good question. It's possible. Hmm. In Florida, the crocodile. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's American crocs in Florida. Somebody oh, yeah. said next year, Ole Miss is going over 100,000 Jello shots. I don't know if they care enough. 
I, I, I'm telling you, I think LSU ended it. it, 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 it let's yeah. pretend Ole Miss no, or State goes next year. I promise you Ole Miss and State fans are going to be less motivated to go break the Jello shot record. I promise. It's over. Yeah. The second you have CEOs dropping thirty grand on shots, the novelty wears off. Yeah, it does. It does. We will uh, we will get back into the countdown of one hundred teams in one hundred days on the other side of this break. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Yes. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Let's keep the countdown going. 100 teams in 100 days. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Team number 69 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Nice. Troy Trojans. To the Sunbelt Conference we go. What a season last year. Seriously? For John Summerall. Seriously. The, the Trojans are number 69. Nice. They are. All right. Randomly generated Continue. list, too. Ran- the Borky has struck again. Oh, I, he didn't even... I I did the random nope. generation. The, yes, yes right, that's, that's the Borky. Yeah. The oh, base official reciprocal kickoff event at Y-axis, the Borky. Very good. <laughs> Should have yeah. been a better season. They got Hail Married on. Should have been 11-1. and one. Yeah, that's true. That was against who? Appalachian, Appalachian State. State. That was when they had game Matt day, State. and yeah, man, had them beat. Yeah. So we got to we got to look at this Troy team last year in Oxford. You remember that was the season opener, John Summerall's debut as head coach at Troy, and Ole Miss won that game twenty eight to ten, and kind of I mean scoreboard was fine. It wasn't too out of whack, but kind of dominated that game. And you look at that, and you're like, nah, I don't know. And then you watch Troy the following week. They beat Alabama A&M, and then you see them lose to Appalachian State in week three, and you're like, yeah, it's probably just a so-so win. And then you look up about a month later, and you're like, that win's looking better. And then you look up in mid-November, you're like, yeah, that was a really good win. So after losing two of its first three, they didn't lose again. Ripped off wins against Marshall, Western Kentucky, Southern Miss, Texas State, South Alabama, Louisiana, Army, ULM, Arkansas State, Coastal Carolina, and the Sunbelt title championship game 
and then beat UTSA in the Cure Bowl. It's a heck of a season for John Summerall's Troy Trojans with quarterback Gunnar Watson. So, in terms of this year's team, how do you how do you capitalize on that? How do you continue to build momentum going forward? Well, you get your quarterback back for one. So Gunnar Watson is back as their starting quarterback. He threw for 2,800 yards with 14 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. They like to see the touchdown number go up and the interception number go down a bit. Kamani Vidal, their leading running back from a season ago, returns. Had over 1,100 yards on the ground with 10 touchdowns. You love to see a guy be highly productive at that level and then not leave. That's always nice to see. Yeah. They lose their top two receivers from a year ago, and that is significant. Tez Johnson and Ray Johnson combined for 92 catches and over 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns. That's the bad news. The good news is their next eight in terms of receivers, numbers of catches are all back. So you lose your two best, but you get a bunch of others back that caught balls a season ago. I, I don't know how that factors in one way or the other. Um, defensive side, they gotta they got to find some replacements. And I guess that's where you would trust John Subrall, right? Because he's a, a defensive-minded head coach. But their top three tacklers from a season ago are all gone. Non-conference games, Stephen F. Austin at Kansas State. And they go to Army. And that's a fun game. At Army on October 14th. Yeah. Like, that's the time of the year that you want to be visiting West Point, New York? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to make that trip. That'd be so cool. James Madison is their uh, Sunbelt Conference opener on September 16th. Western Kentucky, so they start with two conference home games and go to Georgia State, get Arkansas State at home. They have the trip to West Point, then an open date. Then this is their finishing stretch. At Texas State, South Alabama, that's a Thursday night game. At ULM, Louisiana. And how about closing it out at the Rock on November 25th? Troy and Southern Miss, final game of the regular season. Could be could be for a spot in the uh, the championship game there. Could very well be. I love how... Yeah, Richard, i got to believe that, that uh, uh, getting the call for Troy Army is well within your reach. Mm, isn't that feels like CBS you, Sports feels like Network? Yeah. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah, no, never mind then. All, all, I think Army's deal is, is with CBS, yeah, so all their home games. Is that Navy? It, or maybe both. It might be both, but yeah, our Army is that all their home yeah. games are on CBS Sports Network. So that's yeah. a that's a shame. You know, there's a conspiracy theory about John Summerall, sort of. Okay. That uh, his his former boss at Kentucky, Mark Stoops, is waiting for Kirk Ferentz to get fired from Iowa. When Kirk Ferentz gets fired from Iowa, he will take the job at his alma mater, and John Summerall is waiting for the opportunity to return to Kentucky to replace Mark Stoops, the old the old twofer that Stoops is waiting on mm. that job to come open, which is why he wasn't interested in other ones, do, like Florida State, for do example. Do we know who the, uh, 
Do we know who's going to take over at Troy? Do we know the, the next link in the chain? We, we, we need to figure that out, see how deep this goes. But yeah, there yeah. are people that think that, that, is, that Stoops is waiting for Iowa and then the Kentucky people would want to bring Summerall back if he continues to perform well. That's a reasonable conspiracy theory. Yeah, that, that is one that I can I can get behind. It makes sense. More of just like a theory, I guess. <laughs> it's, just, yeah, it's just a theory. Let Let's say that part one of that domino pattern doesn't happen. The Kirk Ferentz hangs around for at least another year. Meanwhile, Troy goes twelve and two again. Does John Sumrall continue to just hang out for that domino reaction to work out so that he can get back to Lexington, knowing that he's in a good spot? Or does he make a jump at one of these good jobs that opens and pays a gazillion dollars? That's that's the issue, is that if he goes 12-2 and again, he's probably going to be in line for a better job than Kentucky. But follow-up. How many jobs? I want to talk about this at some point in these dog days of summer. How many jobs in college football are primed to come open? In in the more SEC, than, it's more than we think. Always, always more than we think. But A and M, I mean, you think Texas A and M is going to hire the Troy coach? They should, but you think they're going to? They should hire Jeff Trailer. Is what they should do. Guess what? They're not going to do. Um, do you, you think Florida's going to dip back into the Sun Belt well after Napier goes two and Q? I don't think so. No, no. So where were where are his options going to be if he has another season like the one he just had? There'll be something. There always yeah, is. Always is. Yeah. And and it can be twofold, right? I mean, it can be guys get fired, but it could also be guys retired or guys move on to other jobs that causes something to open. We didn't expect. Like we didn't expect Southern Cal to be open two years ago, and then it is, and then Lincoln can, Lincoln Riley goes there, and now OU is open. What if I'll make everybody happy? What if Kiffin has a monster year and decides, you know what, time to time to cash in, and, and a big job opens up? I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but a big job opens up, and Kiffin goes. Would Ole Miss reach out to Sumrall? He coached there, right? Yes, he would be on the short list. Yeah. How, how yeah. good is Ole Miss's defense this year? Because they're they're another candidate would emerge. I don't think Pete Golding is head coach. I don't know. Strikes me as just the career coordinator. I, I don't know who his agent mm, is. No, but so. no, no, okay. mm, not at all. All right. I, I've said this in podcast form, but it, I don't know how many Ole Miss fans would appreciate this. But let, let's pretend for a second that. Two years from now, Kiffin gets the job that he wants, and, and he's gone. And, and for two years, defensive recruiting was really good. So far, it looks like it's it's going well, and it continues to be good, and the defense is really good. I wouldn't be surprised if they just hire the dude down the hall. Hmm. I mean, could very well be the case. Very well. Could be. Yeah, it's got to go well first. Yeah, sure. Um... The the other thing, I mean, hey Dad, you said a second ago, you know, say a big job comes open and Kiffin, sure, right? I mean, that, like that's not outlandish to think because we've we've seen his name thrown around a time or two. How many jobs are left that are bigger than what he's got? 
Now, I, I know in terms of, like, reputation and stature and brand, yeah, a bunch. I mean, I, I say a bunch. I mean, what, a dozen nationally, maybe 15? But in terms of paycheck, it's not very many. We'll be right back. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Tomorrow middays with Gerard will be on the coast in Biloxi for the Mississippi Municipal League's annual meeting. You'll hear local leaders from all across the state as they talk about the future of the Magnolia State. I was just looking at the uh, the rundown for Gerard's show, and he's going to talk to everybody tomorrow. Dan Gibson, the mayor of Natchez. Fofo Gillich, the mayor of uh, Biloxi. Toby Barker, the mayor of Hattiesburg. Corey Glenn, the mayor of Amory. Carolyn McAdams, the mayor of Greenwood. Sharon Womack, who is an alderwoman in Brandon. James Young, who's the mayor of Philadelphia. Reginald Freeman, the mayor of Itabina. It's a lot of guests, Borky. A lot of mayoral guests tomorrow for yeah. Gerard Gibbard. I hope they all like Gerard as much as uh, Hey Dad does. We'll see. Think that's possible? I'm sure it is. You and Gerard with your mutual admiration society? We, we do have a mutual admiration society. Very good. Um, Friendship based on respect. Ceasefire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. We got a message that says, I just got in the truck. Did something happen with Kiffin? I just caught the tail end of what you guys talked about hiring Golden. No, 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 nothing happened. Nothing Blame happened. Brian Haydad. It is his fault. I, I, I was just making conversation, I, and I even addressed it as like, "I'll make everybody happy." Uh, and you know, this—not yeah. uh, that this is some super hot take or anything—but I, I do think that because I got a text during the break. Why does that get brought up so much? And my buddy doesn't like this. Uh, Kiffin needs to go one off season without being active in other open positions before that stops being a conversation. Just one. Like, there's got to be one. Because he's been that Ole Miss for three years, and all three off-seasons, there's been something about another job in the SEC all three years. So if if this conversation, if you want this conversation to go away, you can look at one person, and that one person can make these conversations go away. Has chosen not to at this point. If you, if next off season you don't want these conversations to be around, there's one person that can make sure that that doesn't happen. We'll see if it does, but it's exclusively a him problem. That's why these conversations keep coming up. There's got to be one off season without it first. Like Mullen didn't have it after his first year. Nobody nobody said anything. You know, it was like okay, he's gonna year two at state. But then after that, it was every year. Yeah. Yeah. There's some guys whose names just come up, and then there's some guys whose names never come up. I mean, Kirk Ferentz's name never comes up for another open job. Would you want that? 
No, but I'd love his success. I honestly, just if you gave me the same identical record, nah, maybe not because I know the the job stuff really frustrates some people. But I would much rather watch every day a Lane Kiffin coach team with an identical record than a Kirk Ferentz coach team. Ooh, One is yeah. just so much more just aesthetically pleasing than the other. I don't know how those the, people do it. The the guy that said, I know he didn't leave, leave or anything, what brought it up? I was just curious. So, you know, it's almost like stream of consciousness. Sometimes one thing leads to another, leads to another, and you're like, how did I get here? Troy was the team on the countdown, team number 69, on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. We were talking about John Sumrall. Borky threw out a conspiracy theory about John Sumrall waiting on the Kentucky job while Mark Stoops is waiting on the Iowa job, which means Kirk Ferentz would have to retire at Iowa. And then we started talking about the domino effect of what might happen, and then Hey Dad said something about if Ole Miss has a great year, Lane Kiffin, another job, where would Ole Miss go? Would John Sumrall be on Ole Miss's radar? And then Borky kind of alluded to the fact that it might be Pete Golding, and then, boom, here we are. So that that's how we got to that point. It's just... Just a conversation among friends that led to a place that we didn't expect it to go. Well, I don't know. Maybe we did. Maybe maybe you can get there. I, I didn't expect somebody to come back from the break being like, did Kiffin get hired? What happened? I didn't expect that. I'll be honest. Brother, it is June 26th. I, I said that to Richard in the, in the break. I was like, man, it's June 26th. So, sometimes right. this stuff is going to happen. All right. So uh, I didn't say it exactly this way, but somebody wanted to push back just to touch on something that they perceived as, oh, that's somebody saying something nice about Ole Miss. Did someone say that Ole Miss was a top 15 football brand? I made the comment just a second ago that it feels like there's a very finite number of jobs that Lane Kiffin would be even a possibility for. And that's because of the money that he's making. And I said, what are there? A dozen, 15 jobs out there that might make sense? I said, yeah, there's some bigger brands, I suppose, that are out there, but there aren't that many that are paying more than $9 million a year. Fewer than 10. Yeah. And there are jobs and, and, that are bigger jobs that if they had to pay $9 million a year, could. Like, I don't think Oregon is paying Dan Lanning $9 million a year, but Oregon could come up with $9 million a year. Yeah. Just haven't had to yet. I suppose. Yeah, haven't had to. Chip Kelly had stayed making nine million. Yes, he would be making nine million in Oregon by now if he had stayed and, and never left. Yeah. College football fix coming up next. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Monday, the 26th of June, alongside Michael Borky and Brian Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. Brian Haydad, the worst cereal you've ever had. It you should tastes try like it. meat. You should try it in a bowl without milk. 
or any other liquid brand Haydad. Yeah, I would I definitely recommend no other liquid than milk. I don't recommend the milk, but definitely no other liquid. Is there anything else you can put in cereal that would be like palatable? I, I mean, I don't know. Bowl of apple jacks with apple juice, I don't know. Seems like a terrible idea. Oh, there are probably yeah. some people yeah. that put water on cereal that are like completely lactose intolerant. Gross. I I, I don't disagree with you. Just just okay. eat the cereal dry. I, I promise I, I wasn't partaking in the smoking of marijuana when I did this. So marijuana. So I, I get yogurt by, by the cup, about this big, right? Um, mm-hmm. Nusa is the brand, and, and they have they have a blueberry, yeah, it's good. They, they have a blueberry kind, and I love the blueberry kind. You mix it up, it's great. Mm. I had some cinnamon toast crunch, and mm. I was eating the yogurt, and I put a handful of cinnamon toast crunch in the yogurt. And let me tell you, That's just it not, was not bad. it was awesome. And if not for the, the, the calorie count on the side of the cereal box, I would get it more and, and eat that every single morning. Oh, man, it there, was awesome. There's and a, I was not there's high a frozen at all. yogurt. There's a frozen yogurt place here in Starkville that has, like, some cereals that you can put on top of your frozon yogurt. You can get, like, Cap'n Crunch and Fruity Pebbles and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, that's not, yeah, that's not yeah, an issue. That's called a parfait. Yeah. Well, parfait's By like way, granola. The Nusa, and... get, the, get, the, uh, the, get the caramel nooses. Those are the best ones. I'll try it. I, I like them all so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Richard, you use almond milk if you're lactose intolerant, not water. I understand. I'm just saying that some call. Might. Uh call. I had a friend that ate Cheerios and beer. I mean, come on. You, you know what your friend needs? Cool, man. <laughs> An intervention? Yeah. Uh, sister did <laughs> Dr. Pepper yes. in Fruit Loops. I did. Um, what? A bowl of Apple Jacks with Angry Orchard Cider. No. I eat my cereal with no liquids. I do Damn like man. to put cereal Hold in them. a cup and just and eat it like that. Yeah, but so that's, a bowl that's Richard's spoon. issue with me. It's it's the bowl. It's the bowl, it's the bowl that bothers him. But it's had it in a cup and was just like shooting yes, down. Yes, just snacking on cereal, fine. Putting I'm, it in a bowl I'm sorry that I'm and eating civilized. it with a spoon with no liquid on it is psychotic. Hmm. Um, somebody said that friend needs you to get nuts? AA. Let's get nuts. Uh, yes, I agree with that statement. I went to a friend's house to cut firewood for an FFA project in high school. I think he says this was in 81. The guy's older sister... Put Budweiser on her Frosted Flakes. Again, see, you... see, that's an issue. You have a problem and you need help. Please reach out to someone. What about chocolate milk on cereal? That's acceptable. Yeah. L- Lonnie says like, if you... raisin bran and chocolate milk. I don't know about that. That's a little weird. But I was thinking, like, I mean, if you put regular milk on Count Chocula or Cocoa Puffs, it turns Cocoa into chocolate Puffs, milk yeah. anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, your cook, your Richard's cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Yeah, I do like cocoa puffs. I haven't had those in a long time. Yeah, I don't like chocolate cereals. I don't. I don't do the chocolate cereal thing. You remember when you could get like the little cookie cereal, Cookie Crisp? Yeah, you can still yeah. get it. Yeah, that's what it was, Cookie Crisp. Yeah. Yeah, it's still available. 
And we wonder why our kids are all uh, hopped up, running around crazy, not able to pay attention. It's because we're loading them down with mini cookies before they go to school. Or the, I mean, cinnamon toast crunch is basically Ugh. like a sugar square. Yeah, it's just here. Here's a bowl of sugar to take it. It's crusted in sugar. <laughs> Will and Eupora, I left my car at. We'll have the college football fix after the break and came back to weird cereal <laughs> and liquid mixtures. Welcome to the show, Will. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will's been with us for a long time. Carl says, growing up, I had a friend that used sweet tea with his cereal because he was lactose intolerant. Come on, man. Just eat it dry. Yeah, but that was before, like, all the variations of milk were probably available. Probably. I mean, I drink. I have a drink with my cereal. I just don't put it on the cereal. Ooh, Pops. Worst cereal ever. Corn Pops? I like Corn Pops. They're very sticky, though. Yeah. Sugar smacks not as are not not as good as corn pops. Honey smacks? Yeah, I don't like honey smacks. Not a fan. Yeah. Sports talk Mississippi. You can weigh in on the ceasefire text line as many of you are doing. Every now and then, I feel like I don't even know why I throw out the number anymore because I think everybody's got it. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. If you don't have it, there it is. Six zero one. Eight seven nine four three nine five. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. It's backed by world class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Ceasefire Country. Uh, check them out online at ceasefire.com slash business. The Thunder and Lightning Catfish Tour, presented by Superior Catfish, is off and running. It's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of the Thunder and Lightning Podcast. Trek around the state to catfish houses to talk food and, of course, Bulldog Sports. Catch the show anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you can watch the episodes on Super Talk Mississippi's YouTube channel as well. For generations, Superior Catfish has cultivated fresh, delicious catfish and they've perfected a process to ensure that you receive the finest product available. Remember, always ask for superior catfish at your favorite grocer and restaurant. You guys got to stop this week on the catfish tour? We do. We do. We'll be at Lake Tiacata up here in uh, Louisville, there Mississippi. There you go. Lake Tiacata. Looking forward to it. You guys going to go swimming? I may just throw Robbie in the lake. I haven't decided yet. You guys should record the podcast from a boat on the lake. And I don't know if, they, if all the uh, technology will float like that, but we'll see what we can do for you. I'll, I'll look into it for you. Um, are there superior catfish in Lake Tiacata that you could perhaps catch yourself? Now, now, now we're really thinking outside the box of good ideas. This is a good idea. I will see if I can do that. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Russ and Tupelo, thank you for your message. I think that's right there on the edge of what we could or should read on the air, and so I'm going to pass on that. Um, but he says that uh, you you smell like sugar smacks if you eat sugar smacks. I, I think that's kind of his his uh, point overall there. Uh, Dion says eat it with ice cream. What am I eating, Dion? What what am I eating with the ice cream? Tell me. Cinnamon toast crunch. I think is what he was. Cinnamon toast crunch. Okay. Yeah. Captain, okay. Yeah, I can get crunch. behind that. Captain Crunch is great on ice cream. Yeah. Captain Crunch yeah, is probably my pebbles. favorite cereal that coats your teeth. That's oh, great. I love Captain Crunch. I do, too. Hey, let's squeeze in a There's little a college football fix before we run out of time. The college football fix <laughs> is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. We've been talking about conference realignment seemingly for years, certainly for months and months. 
But did you know that this Saturday is when the latest round of conference realignment becomes official? 14 of the 133 FBS schools nationally will officially change conferences this Saturday, June 30th. They are UCF, Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati, all making their way, well, three of the four making their way from the American to the Big 12, BYU from Independence to Big 12, Charlotte, FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA all officially moved to the American Conference. Real quick, did you know that, could you have named all of them moving to the AAC? I could not. When I read this, I was like, Charlotte, oh, good for them, but did not know that. I, I could not. Could not have. Um... And then you got Jacksonville State, Liberty, who has been independent, New Mexico State, who I think has also been independent because they played Liberty a bunch in recent years. Yep. And Sam Houston State, all joining Conference USA. Most of these programs are moving because they believe it is in their best financial interest. But here's the question Does it pay off in terms of wins? In the past 12 years, there have been 12 schools that have changed Power 5 conferences or moved up to a Power 5 league. Pittsburgh, Syracuse, and Louisville joining the ACC. Nebraska, Maryland, and Rutgers going to the Big Ten. TCU and West Virginia to the Big 12. Colorado and Utah to the Pac-12. Missouri, Texas A&M to the SEC. Those 12 schools have played a combined 127 seasons in their new leagues, and it hasn't been pretty. Only three times since joining has a new school won its conference championship. Last year, TCU became the only Power 5 addition in the past decade plus two years, 12 years, to reach the college football playoff. Of the combined 127 seasons, only 38 times has a school finished with a winning record in conference play. Utah has had the most success. Rutgers and Maryland have never had a winning season since moving to their new conference, the Big Ten. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. news today, apparently, if you are a fan of anybody not named Alabama in football, um, a recruit, an Alabama commitment, has apparently revealed Nick Saban's retirement plans. You seen this, hey, Deb? I have not. Ryan Williams, an Alabama wide receiver commit, told Bud Elliott on the Cover 3 podcast, quote, Saban told me he's going to be coaching until he croaks over, and he's got some time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, my. Uh, The most recent quote. That sounds about right, though. So so our hope is on, at this point, Miss Terry saying, Nick, honey, come on home. Like That's what we have. The future of our sport is in the hands of Miss Terry Saban. And she seems like a sweet lady, by the way. Uh, I mean, and, and to deal with his schedule and have the heart that she has in the few interviews I've seen of hers, it's an impressive woman. We, we need her. It's her fault we're in this situation. It is. 
You never heard that story, Richard? Oh, because she didn't. Yeah, work. so she she had another year of college, so he stayed and became a grad assistant at uh, at Toledo or or wherever they were. And had she graduated when he did, he was going to go into the car business. And we, I mean, he'd be the CEO of General Motors by now. But we wouldn't have all these issues we have here today in college football. Yeah, it does feel like he would own three hundred and twenty-eight dealerships, doesn't it? Oh yeah, Saban Motors would be a thing. It would be in every state. It'd be a monopoly. We'd have trials on Capitol Hill trying to figure out how to stop Nick uh, from dominating the car industry. But yeah, so I guess our our future is. It would be Congress's problem, not ours. Uh, true. I mean, she just she needs to lay down the law at uh, at some point. But Th- this was, uh, I guess, an old quote from Nick Saban. I love my job. I love it. I love the relationships with the players. I love the competition, the preparation for the games. I just love it. I wish you all would ask the other coaches who come up here, because they tell the recruits I'm going to retire. Ask them how they know I'm going to retire when all I think about is what I'm going to do if I retire because I love what I'm doing now. So how am I going to be happy not coaching? Hmm. Go coach a junior high team, man. Yeah. Volunteer to coach some 10-year-olds, man. Don't you have grandkids, right? I mean, they they would love to learn football. Speaking of automobile conglomerates, sometimes that's hard to deal with. Right? It's really hard to deal with, like, a big multi-store automobile dealership because... You're just another customer. They don't know you. They don't care about you. You're just another guy buying a car. But you know what? That's not the case. But when that's not the case when you visit not at Saban Chevrolet. Oh, you're ruining it. Are you serious? You're serious serious right now. I I knew where you were going. No, you didn't. Not when you visit Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota, a uh, family-owned company, a Ford dealership since uh, 1961, in the automobile business since the 1920s. At Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota, you are not treated like just somebody else walking through the door that's going to be a check mark at the end of the day. You're not just another item on some salesman's pay slip for the month. Now, you get treated like family because they're a family dealership, and that's the way they've been doing business for nearly a century in North Mississippi. You can visit them on Highway 6 West in Oxford. Got a great selection of Ford F-150s on the lot. Got some Expeditions, some Explorers. I think there's a Bronco that's out there right now. And a huge selection of used vehicles available for you. And if a Ford is not what you're looking for, it's easy. Just ease up the hill to Oxford Toyota where some of the most reliable vehicles on the road reside, whether it's a 4Runner or a Tundra or a Tacoma or a Camry. They've got you covered at Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. Visit them the next time you're in Oxford or check out their website, belkford.net, to see what they've got in stock. They would love to help you. Tell them Sports Talk Mississippi sent you. Hey, Dad, that is perhaps the single biggest wreck of a live a read you have ever done in your <laughs> life. Ah, I didn't do the live read. I just I just jumped into it. <sighs> you're, you're, you're I thought you were it. making like this whole thing about how, you know, Saban Chevrolet was going to be different than all these other dealerships. No, no, I decidedly <laughs> no, was not doing no. that. He was, was not doing that your, at all. I was taking your made-up scenario yeah. and turning it into a world-class segue. Indeed. And then my bad guy. 
Mm, it happens. Crash, crash and burn. Please, please. Hey, are you, are you, don't, don't you make fun of me, Borky. At least I know who James Kahn is. I, I know who he is. I just... <laughs> oh, do you? I, I just... <laughs> do you know? I, I just... Are um, you sure that you know? I, I don't think hey, my brain functions like... The Sunny gifts that I got on Friday were oh just like God. over and over the, and over. The three of us are kind of like the Corleone sons, all right? Richard is Michael, obviously. I'm Sonny. I have the temper. And you're Fredo. You got nothing over there. Oh, wait. Didn't that CNN guy get... Oh, uh, anyway... Um. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Um. Back to our previous segment. Uh. <laughs> since conference realignment does not cereal? go well, yeah. yeah, we could keep going on cereal, I guess. But it yeah. doesn't go well for the teams making the moves. With Utah being the, the exception, Whittingham is a star. There's four big moves happening next year: Texas, Oklahoma, UCLA, USC. Of the four, who acclimates the best? And who acclimates the worst? I think worst is an Ooh. easy answer. I expect UCLA to struggle. Yeah. Are we talking football only? Uh, football, yeah. And if you want to throw basketball in there, sure. Yeah, UCLA would be okay in basketball. I yeah. Think. Mick Cronin can coach a Big Ten style basketball. That's going to be fine. But football, yes, they will struggle. I think Southern Cal will struggle in basketball. For sure. In the Big Ten, and and, and look, For I mean sure. they've they've done they've done a pretty good job. I mean, that was a tournament team last year. Um, yeah, I mean the easy answer is is Southern Cal, right? Is the is the the one that can acclimate the best? I think. What about what about those four teams that are joining the Big Twelve? That's honestly more fascinating to me than Southern Cal and UCLA joining the Big Ten. The combination of, of UCF in a major metropolitan area that's growing like crazy in Orlando, and Houston in one of the, what, five biggest cities in the country with a fertile recruiting ground in its backyard. Cincinnati, who did almost the unthinkable in the American. They're the only non-Power 5 team to make a college football playoff. They did that, did that with Luke Fickle as their head coach. And apparently Cincinnati has really bought in on the NIL front. And then you got BYU, who's just a good program. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of torn between Houston and Central Florida because of the recruiting area that they have. The problem is that neither one of them are ever going to be first choice in those areas. You but know, do they Texas have to be? Texas A&M. They don't have to be, but you know they got to they got to get the right guy. Central Florida is the one I think that I could see. You know, after this year when Texas and Oklahoma are out, you told me in like two years Central Florida wins the Big Twelve. I, I could totally buy that. With Gus as the head coach. Yeah, and that's the other thing. They have they have a head coach who's. Coached in big games and, and and knows the lay of the land. Do, do we do we sometimes maybe not give Gus Malzahn enough credit? Oh, 100%. because of because of the craziness that is Auburn and its fan base and sharing a state with the greatest college football coach of all time. I mean that, that's the the way Gus was looked at and treated. I thought was so unfair when he shared a state with the greatest coach of all time. Like that context and, is and not had some added success in against him, and, yes. and it got wins against him. Yeah, Gus Malzahn is ninety four and forty seven 
in his career. At Auburn, he went 67-35 and 35 in eight years. And he is 18-9 and nine in two seasons at UCF. They won nine games in each of the last two years at UCF. And that's in the American. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like in your mind for UCF in year one? And I, we talked about this a little bit in the last week. UCF lost a bunch of players, too. Mikey yeah. Keene, who was the backup quarterback to John Rice Plumley, went to Fresno State. Jeremiah Jean Baptiste went to Ole Miss. Devontae Brown, a corner, went to Miami. Now they had a guy that went down to North Alabama. Ryan O'Keefe, who was their leading receiver, transferred to Boston College. That's a tough loss for them. Yeah. Um, Joey Gatewood. <laughs> How is he still playing college ah. football? Gosh. He transferred to Louisville. Andrew Osteen, their punter, goes to Mississippi State. Is he going to end up being the punter for State this year? I believe so. Matt Lee, they had an offensive lineman that transferred to Miami. Had another quarterback, Tommy Castellanos, who actually played a little bit last year, goes to Boston College. Justin Hodges, a defensive back, transfers to Ole Miss. They lost a bunch of guys in the transfer portal. But they brought some in as well. We'll see how that shakes out. Sports Talk Mississippi, more coming up with you after this. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven on Super Talk Mississippi. Gentile is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. I've got you covered at genteelapparel.com. You can get free shipping on orders of $150 or more. Check out the full line of gear that they've got available, including the Collegiate Collection. We're a couple of months away from the start of the college football season, but it's not too early for uh, you to think about what you're going to wear this fall, whether you're headed to the Grove or to the Junction or... Maybe you're going to Bryant-Denny or Jordan-Hare or the Liberty Bowl. Wherever it is, they've got you covered with the Collegiate Collection. Great-looking golf shirts, pullovers when it gets a little bit cooler. They've got the quarter zips and uh, a whole lot more. You can also find Genteel at men's clothing stores across the state of Mississippi, including Smith & Company in Greenwood, Steve's on the Square in Philadelphia, the Country Gentleman in Greenville, and Chandelure Outfitters in Ocean Springs. That's Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. I was talking to uh, Blake and the guys at Genteel the other day, and they are continuing to grow that collegiate licensing. When uh, when we get to the start of football season this year, they will be with uh, 12 of the 14 current schools in the SEC. Cool. I'm not going to tell you which two that they want. Well, one of them is a strategic decision, and the other one they just haven't gotten done yet. So, we'll uh, we'll see. A strategic decision. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, we got to start thinking of it in terms of. By the way, you say 12 of 14. I mean, we're not far off from. It's got to be 12 of 16. We got to get those other. We got to get Texas and Oklahoma on the list. 
and pretty confident that at least one of those two will be on. Very on good. The, uh, on the list. Again, there's some there's some strategy in the way they uh, they go about this. So, um, strategery, I like it. Strategery, genteelapparel.com. So, are we going to see Paul Skeens tonight? Oh, wait, hold on. We'll get to that in a second. So, earlier this month, shares of big health insurance companies fell after United Health Group warned that health care utilization rates were up. Why? Partly because of the growth of pickleball. Pickleball injuries may cost Americans up to $400 million this year. Pickleball injuries. It's a, do you guys play pickleball? I would like to, but I have not yet. No, I don't play tennis either, so... I've got I've got some friends who do. I have have not. I'm I'm not opposed to it. I just haven't. But I I do. There are some people who are very opposed to it. It's like, it's like a controversial thing sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But then you got others who they love it because they're like you know I just can't go with, um, I just can't play tennis the way I used to, and so smaller court, little less movement, still get the competitive juices flowing. Can get in and out in a hurry. Not hard to find a game. All, all those things, and then you get people who are, you know, in their young forties to late fifties, who were pretty athletic, and think that that athleticism still exists inside their body, and then they try to ask their body to do things that it's not supposed to do. Like when it was, you know, 18 to 25, I kind of feel like I might find myself in that position. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, the. I the definitely rising, get it. The rising cost in, uh, in healthcare, partially because of pickleball. Go figure. So, Leah Van covers LSU for the advocate and trolled the heck out of everybody. How so? I'll tell you. Oh, I missed what? Well, she said, she tweeted 38 minutes ago, Paul Skeens is available. Before that, she we said, not. Paul Skeens is not, not available. That's a troll. Yeah, it is. Yep. She went on to say that we have not heard that he is not available, is what I was told. She said, I don't know how long, for how many pitches, nor when he will come in the game. That remains to be seen. Apologies for messing with emotions on championship day. Can't she be- also reported earlier today that LSU was wearing purple jerseys tonight, and I said to Borky, whoa, what? LSU's wearing purple jerseys? She says that there has been a change to the gold jerseys. Um, the Purple jerseys were probably their BP tops. LSU wears gold on championship game days. Swinging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what sucks is that we know that they wear a certain color on championship days. I mean, that's that's just great that they go to so many that we know. <laughs> I mean, championship golds have been their thing Although, for a while. It, there's there's this dis- Warren Morris kind of locked that in forever. Yeah. It, 
there's this discourse going on right now about how if LSU wins, it's just this is now the future with NIL and, and LSU is winning this only be like that kind of stuff where you better pay the most or else you can't win anymore, which I would love for people to point me to an era of college sports where the teams that spent the most and made the most didn't win the most. Uh, just generally speaking, what era of college sports did that happen? Because I would love to know. It was before I was born. But LSU winning a championship, a program that has been to the College World Series, if I counted correctly, 19 times, and has previously won six national championships, winning a seventh is not a sign that the sport is broken. I, I, I don't understand how LSU, of all programs, that has been what they've been for as long as they've been, winning a championship, that's the sign that the sport is broken? I understand that Skeens is a guy that was paid for. And I understand, understand that Tommy Tanks is a guy that was paid for. I get it. But they've got six national championships before they bought Paul Skeens and Tommy Tanks. I, I just I fail to agree with that reasoning. When everybody's doing it, right? I mean, yeah. Hurston Waldrop pitched for Florida. Why is nobody complaining about Florida? Where, where did he come from? An objectively very, very good program that develops pitchers, and he still left. I think it's well. It's got to be just because, like, the worst kept secret is how much money LSU spent in the transfer portal. But is that really any different than what we've said about every power program in every sport? No. Alabama and Georgia and big schools were going to Ohio State, Michigan, whomever, were going to con- they were going to stay on top because they were going to invest what it took to stay on top. And they had a head start. You think LSU baseball was going to sit by and watch other teams build their rosters and have that passionate fan base go, "Well, we're just going to we're not really going to do it that way." Of course not. I mean, this is, and I actually said this on Twitter, in college sports recently, it got exposed that shoe companies have been, for decades, steering players to the big brands in college basketball. Was that fair? Look at the BCS in the college football playoff era and and find where the competitive balance is. I don't know if it's just the exposure of it is making people uncomfortable, but it, if you think that this is new, I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona to sell you, man. This is not new. LSU paying their... Uh, v- Vanderbilt has been able to get more players than everybody else because of an inherent built-in advantage. I mean, even baseball hasn't been quote-unquote innocent this whole time. Arkansas has had scholarship advantages over Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Southern Miss. So baseball is literally set up for imbalance. But Paul Skeens and Tommy Tanks now suddenly makes you outraged about imbalance? I I don't know. And Thatcher Hurd, who's starting tonight. Sure. Settle more. But, I mean... 
Vanderbilt and Arkansas and Texas have, have been able to give more than Ole Miss and State for years. Years and years and years. And LSU, more for years and years. Baseball has been built to be imbalanced. It was. It's in the design of the sport. Is it surprising? Yeah, I mean, did, you, you guys knew that it had been a while. But does it shock you a little bit when you were reminded that LSU has not won a national championship in baseball since 2009? I was just aware of it, so it doesn't really shock me. The fact yeah. that they hadn't been to the World Series prior to this season since 2017? You know, Texas hasn't won the Big 12 in football since 2009 as well. I've heard that. I've heard that a time or two. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Somebody says, uh, thanks for putting that fact in my mind that I didn't know that LSU had championship gold jerseys. I'll never be able to forget that. Yeah, my bad. Sorry. We're back. Sports Talk Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. This has to be a tribute to Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, who won the main event last night at AEW's Forbidden Door. Definitely, Defeating yeah. Kazuchika Okada and earning the title of the greatest professional wrestler in the world today. I appreciate that shout-out. Th- those are things that I definitely knew happened. Yes. And he came out to his old theme, The Final Countdown. Mm. It was outstanding. Got Kim Mulkey in the house tonight at Omaha. All right. Yes. And speaking speaking of people Did, who wear flamboyant robes, yeah, go ahead. That, does she have uh, in sequin on the back of her shirt? Everybody, please look at me. Or or she no. got the different outfit today? No, she she is not. Wearing Randomly, new, she's wearing Kramer Robertson's number. I don't know why. She she is not wearing Newburn in the uh, in the stands tonight with the the feathers. She is not. Um, uh, I mentioned Leah Van a second ago, tweeted a picture of Kim Mulkey and said she's wearing Dylan Cruz number at the game tonight. She had on a number three jersey, and someone pointed out that it's possible that she decided to wear the number of her son, who was a pretty good shortstop that wore custom shoes while playing at LSU, just in case you remember. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do remember. Any, How uh, could I anyway. forget? Hey, hey, Dad, we got to stay on on top on. Uh, on schedule, we go back to the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Team number 68 on the countdown. The MAC Western Division favorite, Toledo Rockets. 9-5 last year, 7-6 and six the year before. Jason Candle going into his ninth season as the head coach. Remember when his name popped up on all the lists when jobs were, um, were, were, were coming available? Is he an example for strike when the iron is hot, while the fire is hot? Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to come up quite as uh, as much this year. Quarterback returning to Quan Finn, 
23 touchdowns and 12 interceptions a year ago. They're one, two, three, four, five, six top rushers from a season ago are all back. Top two receivers are back. Three of their top five tacklers are back. Put it on the board. Toledo's winning the MAC this year. They play at the Glass Bowl. It's the name of their stadium. They don't like literally play in a glass bowl. That would probably not be safe and wouldn't be great for footing. But uh, glass bowl. Any fun facts about Toledo that you just have like hanging right there on the tip of your tongue? I got the famous alums up. The famous rapper Kid Cootie is uh, from. Uh, to- he went to Toledo. I'm sorry, As sorry, who? Ba- Did I say it wrong? Uh, uh, is it Cuddy? Kid, Kid Cootie. I don't know. Is it not Cootie? It's C U D I. I went. I went short. You. Kid Cuddy. Say it if I'm wrong. Cuddy. Thank you. <laughs> and Philip Baker Hall, former famous uh, character actor. Sixteen stars. In one of my favorite movie year. scenes ever. They start the season at Illinois, Texas Southern, San Jose State in the non-conference before they jump into MAC play, and they got some of those midweek games: a Tuesday night against Buffalo, a Wednesday against Eastern Michigan, a Tuesday at Bowling Green, and they close it out on Friday at Central Michigan. Toledo, the Rockets, team number 68 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Man, I love that midweek football. Fun Belt Thursday, Maction Tuesday. It's good stuff. Random Wednesday. Yeah, throw Wednesdays in there too because they do that also. When you get a Friday night, what, American Conference game, or at least that's what you uh, you used to get. Doesn't the Big Ten do a lot of Friday nights? Uh, I guess they do some now also. I just usually don't get the Big Ten network in my hotel room when I'm off in some random place. Um, So there you go. All right, national championship game coming up. LSU trying to win its seventh national championship. Florida trying to win its second under Kevin O'Sullivan. Who you got? Who's winning tonight, Florida or LSU? Florida. Uh, God doesn't love me enough to not let LSU win, so LSU. In the words of the great honorable Corinne Brown, one, two, three, four, five, them Florida Gators don't take no job. Go Gator. I I, I think that's what she said. I hope you're right. I hope I think you're that's right. what she said. No um, offense to Amanda Pike County, but Oh, not at all. Not at all. It. We know big night for Amanda. Big night. The College World Series has been fantastic this year. It, I mean, I, I put the caveat on it when we talked about Friday. Of course, we would have loved for Southern or Mississippi State or Ole Miss to be there. Didn't happen. Didn't happen this year. But the College World Series has been absolutely spectacular. And the uh, the college sports season comes to an end tonight. And then we'll take a break until late August, and we'll start all over again. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad in the Pearl River Resort Studios, I'm Richard Cross. Thanks for being with us. On this Monday, enjoy your evening. We'll do it again tomorrow, just after 3 o'clock. Good night.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.